Well, all right, here we are once again at Pastor B's kitchen table. You know what time it is, you know what day it is. You see me here, it's time to bring everybody to the table. Now, as you know, this is the place we chop it up, break it down and try to put it all back together again. This month at the table, we've been dealing with a, a very, very sensitive, sincere and relevant topic. And that is toxic relationships. We've been talking with a, with a, with a host of individuals about how do we even get here and how we get out of here. And I'm glad to have at the table today someone who's, who has sat before and counsel and helped just thousands of people, if not millions, indirectly, as Dr. Wow. Nicholas Ellen. And so we got Dr. Nicholas Ellen at the table today. Dr. Ellen, say hello to the kitchen table audience, please. Hello, guys. It is a pleasure to be with you all and with you, Pastor. Amen. Doc, Dr. Ellen, you, you, you've done a lot of counseling, a lot of training of counselors. And you've dealt with a whole lot of issues. And, and I wanted to address this issue with you that you can help the, the kitchen table audience. When you hear the term toxic relationship, what does that mean to you? And what does that look like to you? Part of what I think, and, and the term toxic, I think is coming more culturally than biblically. Um, most, when you think of toxic relationships already begin with the premise that relationships were defined and reduced to being about me. And so uh, generally, if I'm in a quote unquote toxic relationship, the foundation was already revolving around the, what I call it, the WIFM mentality, what's in it for me, uh, yeah. the DTR, define the relationship. So we've already centered the relationship as if all relationships were reduced to being about what makes us comfortable, uh, what makes us okay, uh, what's important to us. Whereas I'd like to challenge people with a theology of relationships that says, what if we would have went back to God's design for a relationship? Many things that were toxic would not be toxic because we would have looked at that relationship more from a perspective of not how will this help or hinder, but how wise mm. is it for me to connect with this individual? And would me connecting with this individual accomplish the agenda for which God has set me up to have with relationships, you know, because every relationship has about three different agendas. You know, one, I'm a, I'm a disciple of Christ. So that relationship means I do whatever he tells me. Yeah. Secondly, I'm an ambassador for Jesus, which means anybody that doesn't belong to Jesus, those relationships at the highest level were meant for me to build a relationship so that through me being with them, I could hopefully, if God wills, give them the gospel of Christ and they come to Christ if possible. But if not, at least the character in me. And then I'm a builder, which means anybody that's a believer, my job is to help their life become more like Christ. If that was the foundation of my relationship with everybody, many things that we define as toxic mm -hmm. would be toxic because that's a higher agenda, which means when I'm connecting with you, it's gotten toxic because we've gotten to a lower issue, a lower way of relating that now we've left the higher agenda, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Doc. Tremendous sense. You're saying that the basic foundation of how we've gone into the relationship or navigated ourselves in the course of that relationship has left the actual higher plane of the kingdom, really, and what God would have for me. And therefore, we kind of left to deal with our own mess that we made in some regards. Yes, because I tell single people too often, the problem is not that you've been with the wrong people. You've had the wrong agenda with all these people. Mm. So you always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always got. 
But if your agenda changed, you would find a different way of relating with all these different people that you encounter. Wow. So you have an agenda issue. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Now, if you could for a moment, and I say you've said before a lot of people, uh, what does the anatomy of a toxic relationship or a lower level relationship even look like? Because someone said, say, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm even there. Can you explain that, please? Sure. Every toxic relationship has at the foundation of what's in it for me. And let me do for you, not out of so much love for you, but out of setting up for what I'm preparing for in the future. So it's an investment. And so I'm willing to invest in this in hopes of what it may bring to me. So I'll overlook some of the character things that kind of seemingly showed up. But I'm going to ignore that because either one, I think I can fix it or two, mm. I think I can bring something to the table to where they'll be better. And then I put in all of this effort and work into this relationship and they are robbing me blind or they are challenging me in a way to heart level with things that they do. And I always tell people one of the ways you can see a toxic relationship is simply this. Whatever somebody will do with you, they'll do to you. Ooh, if ooh. someone is willing to be evil with you, why yeah. are you surprised that they're not evil against you? Yeah. If they're willing to cut corners with you, why are you yeah. shocked now that they're cutting corners against you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so toxic, toxic, well, I hate, I can't say the word. Yeah. Toxicity, or however you want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is two people, again, not recognizing that if I'm willing to do evil together, I'm going to do evil against. And it creates and creates grace. And then what we do, we walk away from that thinking we want to, you know, I'm old school. So I'm going to use an old uh, artist. We'll do, uh, I'm looking for a new love. Jody Wiley. <laughs> Jody Wiley. I'm yeah. myself now, see? So everybody know how old I am now. See, we keep looking for a new love instead of looking to love the way God called us to. Yeah, yeah. So if you hooked up with someone based out of infidelity, then you shouldn't be surprised if they're unfaithful to you. Yes. If, if, if you hooked up with somebody based on a lie, you shouldn't be surprised if someone's lying to you. Yes. Or you may have to go that extreme. Yeah. Think about yeah. single people. If the only reason I'm getting with you is to figure out where this is going for my future. Yeah. Then why am I shocked that the other person's doing the same thing too? Same thing. And the yeah. moment you don't fit my future, you out. Because I got to find somebody else. Who fits my future. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. I love that. The theology of relationships. That, that's a term that I think that has eluded us when it comes to just basic relationships. It's almost like theology is over here. But, but this relational, these hookups, it, it's, it's over here. And it's based on, as you say, it's based on my own heart desire. Yeah. I always say to people, too, when you look at the Trinity, the Trinity you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The relationship is built on the foundation of truth and love. Mm -hmm. So any relationship that's not built on the foundation of truth and love, it is going to be toxic because that's the foundation for any and every relationship according to what the standard of what our God has set for us. Right, right, right. Truth and love. Wow. Now, so now, is it possible to, to be, not only just, I guess, dating or single, to be married 
and be in, in a construct of a title of you, quote unquote, a toxic relationship in a marital relationship. Absolutely. Because here's what happened. We don't have marital problems. We have character deficiencies that showed up in the marriage. Mm. Say that you again, know? Doc. Say that, say that so, again, please. <laughs> we don't have marital problems. We have yeah. character deficiencies that showed up in the marriage. The marriage is not the problem. There are two people that never really dealt with their character issues and now they've come together. And so what they think is a marital problem are two people with these character deficiencies where God is trying to get their attention. And in the fact that they want to fix the marriage, which is give me a formula to make us happy, give us a solution. God is saying, no, what you fail to recognize is y'all are supposed to be living to please me. Yeah. Yeah. And now you got two people living to please themselves. Well, if you got two people living to please themselves, you got two selfish people. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But if they both stopped and dealt with their own character before God, they end up both getting what they want. Yeah. Because yeah. if I wake up every morning saying, you know what, it ain't about me. It's about what I can do for my spouse. And the other goes, it ain't about me. It's what I can do for my spouse. Who's going to be unhappy in that relationship? Exactly. But what that is, Pastor Hamilton, we're getting the blessing or the burden of our character or lack of character development. Mm. And that's what single people experience. Our lack of character or character development determines the quality or the lack of quality of the relationship we're going to have. So when people are defining toxic in my perspective or my opinion, right. toxic really has to do with, well, if my life is built upon pleasing self and your life is built upon pleasing self, then it's going yeah. to be tough. Yeah. But if yeah. my life is built upon pleasing God and your life is built upon pleasing God, we're going to have some clashes. But as we deal with our own character and grow, you're going to get the blessing of my character. I'm going to get the blessing of your character. But what we're not growing, we're going to get the burden of each other's character. And we're going to want a formula where God wants us to deal with our attitudes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And deal with yeah. that. We yeah. just look for a new love. For somebody yeah. else. Somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a formula. Give me a give me a quick fix. Give me that magical relational appeal that yeah. allow me to stop hurting. Yeah, oh my that's so someone's listening now and they're saying, like, wow. But they're also saying, I want out. How do I get it? How do I turn the tide? Okay, you got me. I see that this really is what I mean, and I've contributed to it, but I want to kind of go a different route. How does a person begin? turn the table on this toxicity well now if they marry you know we can't tell them to get out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just clarify if you marry yeah. i want you to say dr ellen told me go get a divorce no nah, yeah, nah, yeah, you, yeah. you didn't hear that from me all right? right uh for those who are married i think you have to now readjust the agenda you've set yeah. and to see this as an opportunity for god to grow you uh, through this difficulty with a person that may not see what you see now. And God is in the healing business. God is in the transformation business. And I think as the individual recognizes, if I start living to please God in this relationship, what does that look like? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness? Where do I need to look at the things that I've been, you know, nagging this other person about, you know, how do I start to deal with that in me and start to deal with the, you know, the log in my eyes uh, that have been created, you know, and kind of not deal so much with the speck in the other person's eye. Uh, if you're single, I think it, me it means, you know what, let's stop acting like we're married. 
Mm. Single people get in trouble when you make illegitimate covenants with folk that you're not committed to because they don't have a ring on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and pull it back, dial it down to let let's learn how to be friends and brothers and sisters instead of lovers. Because lovers make the worst friends. Friends can make the best lovers. And what I mean by that is, if you treat a person right as a friend, as a brother or sister before you get married, you've learned how to relate to each other in ways that move beyond a sexual connection that are more biblical. So then when it's right and you say, I do, now that sexual connection can be right in the sight of God. Your conscience is clear. Satisfaction is all right now because we built a relationship on God's foundation versus yeah. on the world's foundation. You know, ain't nothing wrong with sex. It's just, it wasn't meant to be in certain places. It was right, meant to right. be with a person you're married to, not your girl, not your friend, not friends yeah. with benefits. So yeah. now what you've just communicated to that person, I'm willing to lay with you and do things with you when you're not mine. I'm not that trustworthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have yeah. to re redefine that whole thing. If that makes sense, so that will be something I would do. But then there's someone saying, "Well, well, everybody has something, and and then if we just get together, then uh, I can fix that. I can work that out. We can work that out. Uh, but everybody has something, so no one comes ready-made anyway. So if he or she has a little toxicity, then once they get with me, then I'll be able to love that out of them." What's your response to that? See, I would say to them, you already have the wrong agenda because the goal, if I'm dealing it from a biblical perspective, my goal is not to hook up with you to see where we're going. My goal is to invest in you to help you be what God wants you to be. Your goal is to invest in me to help me be what I'm supposed to be as we hang out and enjoy each other, spend time together. But the goal is not where we're going. The goal is, have I done my part as your brother? So whether you're with me or not with me, you can say that man invested in me to make me better. Have I done my part as a sister to say that woman invested in me to make me better? And we treated each other with respect. We treated each other with love and dignity that God called us to. And we didn't cross any lines that, again, I ask single people all the time, yeah. what are you doing right now with this person that you would have to stop doing if y'all were married to other people? And whatever those things are, I say, so why are you doing it now? Yeah, You're just yeah. setting yourself up. Why don't you do things that you could continue to do if that person was married to someone else? That way you're making them better for the future. Or one or two things, they're either going to be a better husband or wife for somebody else, or they're going to hmm. be a better husband or wife for you if y'all change the corner. Because then you can say, I can trust you. You didn't cross any lines when we were single. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. now if I see you talking to another man, another woman, I'm not thinking the worst because I saw how you handled me. I am. You know. Doc, is there a biblical example? Someone said, where is this in the Bible? Is, is there an example in the Bible of this kind of distorted, toxic relationship? And, and how did God address it in the scriptures? Well, I think one of the challenges when you look at the book of Timothy and around chapter five, mm -hmm. uh, Paul tells Timothy, first of all, don't rebuke an older man. Um, but to treat him as a father or don't rebuke him sharply. And the idea right. was, if there's an issue with a, a, a brother, you know, that is older than you, treat him as you would a father when you address his sin issue. But then he expanded and said, treat 
a mother, uh, an older woman, as you would a mother when you have to deal with a sin issue. Treat a younger brother as a brother if you have to deal with a sin issue. And treat, and watch this, treat a younger woman as a sister with absolute purity. Yeah. So when you look at that passage in Timothy 5 on down, even though he's talking about how to address a sin uh, with a person from a family to treat them as a family member, but what he's also showing us is that what would happen if we cultivated relationships with people as family members, instead of treating them as a lover, yeah. we treat them as we would a mother, a brother, a sister oh, with absolute good. purity, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that becomes the foundation for me to say, this is not my wife, so how should I treat this woman? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm attracted to her, yes. Yeah. But do I need to act on that attraction and where will that lead me? Or do I walk in the fruit of self-control and treat her as a sister even though I'm attracted to her? See, what that says now is if I marry her and then there's another woman that looks just like her or acts just like her, I know how to control myself because I did it while we were single. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, so that's sir. Kind, of a, kind of a foundation that we can look at for something like that. Wow. You've tapped into something also talking about families because some have, have been cultivated um, in families in which that's never been the pattern. Yeah. It, it, it's almost been kind of like doggy dog or go for what you know or get yours or whatever it may be. And although that may be the environment people were raising, they still have that individual choice. They've made some choices, but that environment certainly had some, I guess, some orientation to the choice they made. But I think what you said is so important. It gets back to the theology of relationship. Yes. Yes. Wow, dog. Wow, wow. So, it, so, it, so, so, so a person is able to really change, I always say change a branch on their family tree by simply beginning to do relationships God's way versus the way in which maybe they've been indirectly uh, discipled to do them from home. Absolutely. And, you know, if I could do a shameless plug, I've been working yeah. through our congregation. Uh, on a series called The Theology of Relationships. Yeah. And we have been working through how to think this through and how to deal with it. And uh, it's on SoundCloud. So if you go to Community of Faith Bible Church, Dr. Nicholas Allen yeah. on SoundCloud, you see Theology of Relationships. And we're on week number nine this week. But I've just been going through it. I'm going to try to do about 18 sessions of building. I've talked about what's the foundation for a relationship starting with the Trinity. You know, mm -hmm. where does love, what does love have to do with anything? Or what's yeah. love got to do, you know, what about accountability? And You know, how are we to relate to one another? And just so I've been trying to break these things down, the levels of relationships, the cycle of relationships, the one another's that God has given us yeah, for yeah. relationships. And it's just trying to be as, you know, biblical as I can to say, guys, God has an answer for how to do relationships. We just got to get back to that and then trace that through. Uh, with each other. And I think for any brother, sister, you know, you could do that. But I also want to say, Pastor Hamilton, we got to be careful what I call the six P's of excuses. Okay. There's six P's of excuses that we give for relationships. One would be people, past, parents, problems, pain, pressure. Mm. Because of these people, because of this past, because of these parents, because of these problems, these pains or pressures, that's why I do da 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 da. That's why yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Not true. Not true. You react to those things out of where your heart is, not because of those things. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. That's that's already where your heart is. Oh, that's good. Can you say it one more time? Those six P's, because someone may have uh -huh. stepped away for a moment. Now they're back. That's <laughs> true. Sure. People, yeah. people, past, parents, pressures, pain, problems. Yeah. So you got people in your life, past situations, parents, the pressures around you, what's happening, the pain, whether it be physical or emotional, or any problems you're dealing with. Generally, when people talk to us, they believe that's the reason why they're doing something or not doing something. And they'll also use that as the reason why they're doing something in a relationship or not doing something in a relationship. But those six P's are a context that exposes your heart. Yeah, yeah. You've made a decision. Galatians yes, 6 sir. says, be not deceived. God has not mocked whatever man sows that he shall yeah, reap. And he gives two places he can sow from. He can sow from his flesh. Yeah. Or he can sow to the spirit. Yeah. So the context of my life is always an opportunity to show me the motivations of my heart. Either I'm operating out of my own ambition, or I'm operating out of love. And the people, the past, the parents, the pressures, the pain and problems are the context that shows where I've been operating out of one or the other. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow, Doc. Doc, yes, sir. That's why I want to get you to the table, Doc. I I appreciate you coming to the table. Kitchen table, you've heard something today that you may not have, have put all the pieces together. Dr. Ellen has done a, a, a thorough job in taking a biblical perspective and showing us how they all fit, just like a neat uh, strand of pearls, how it all fits based on God's word. Now, I want you to share this with somebody. I want you to take it to somebody. I want you to sit down and listen to this again and capture this, because what he said is so true, is that if we start with the right premise, the right foundation, then we can end up with the right results that honors and glorifies God. So we thank God so much. Dr. Ella, may God bless you. May God keep you, my brother. May you prosper and continue to, to preach the name of Jesus. Uh, God bless your kitchen table. I'll see you next week right here at the kitchen table. Be blessed.